Mr. Harper, the sun's shining gloriously in the your face there. It looks like it's great weather where you are. It's deceptive, Ronnie, because the sun is out, but it's absolutely freezing. Yesterday we had snow and then rain, and then we had this really severe frost. And I'm not exaggerating to say we couldn't get out of our house this morning because we're on a steep drive, and it was nothing but a sheet of ice. And I mean, Christine tried to go out there and throw salt down and make it um, usable, but it wasn't until our neighbour came and used industrial salt that we could. And now she's about to go out in her car and she's been out there at least 10 minutes, quarter of an hour, just trying to clear the windscreen. It's a sheet of ice and I really feel sorry for her. Right, yeah, me too. Uh, well, well done for being emancipated, Andy. That's good, man. You know, that, you know, that could be seen as it's a man's job, but not you, Andy. Uh, by the way, down no. here, I'm just about to... When we've done this, I'm going to go and cut the grass. Uh, the grass is sprouting here, Andy. Uh, not a sign of... Uh, well, we had a wee bit of frost, but nothing much. No, nothing at all. Are you sure you're all right? Are you, are you sure you've got snow? Are you just having to clean your windows or something yes, like that? Yes, No, a couple of times we've had snow. We do live on slightly higher ground than, a, you know, than a lot of the surrounding areas. So it is almost a mini climate. I'm looking out of this window into the sunshine and our lawn is completely white. I mean, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's the lawn there because you can't really tell, whereas you're about to go cutting. Yeah, I cut the grass, Andy. Um, but, I, you know, uh, I, was, I sent to Denise the other night there, uh, when you saw the weather forecast in the past and the boy would say or the lady would say, there's a good chance of heavy snow tomorrow night and you think, oh, or tonight, and you think, oh, good, getting down to school tomorrow, we'll be in the playground making slides and everything in this. And so I miss that. But I don't think they make slides anymore in the playgrounds at school. In fact, I think they shut the schools when it snows, don't they? Well, there's three schools shut today, and I'm not quite sure why. I assume it's because, you know, it's the, the, the playgrounds are treacherous. And, of course, teachers don't live in, in the immediate area as they used to. When I was teaching at a village in Norfolk, there were about eight of us on the staff, and six lived in the village or thereabouts. So you had no excuse. But the thing was, in those days, Ronnie, the playground sloped a bit down to the hall, which had glass windows all around, and the kids were allowed to make slides. And the only thing that stopped them keeping going was the hall windows. <laughs> but luckily, they had that wiring. Do you remember that yes. sort of glass that then had wire? Because if it hadn't been for that, goodness knows what would have happened. But now, of course, kids, they don't have those sort of pleasures anymore because the minute there's any snow or ice, well, school's closed or they have to stay in. Yeah. Yeah, and I can still remember that smell. Remember when you, you had your, your gloves on and you played snowball f- uh, fights and everything and you came in and you put your gloves on the radiator and that room just smelt of... I had, 42, Ooh, I had 42 kids in my class at primary and that smell... <laughs> of the, and then, of course, Horrible. the other thing with winter, when we got the milk in, it was frozen. So we had to sit it next to the radiator to defrost it. And then by the time we got to it at lunchtime, it was lukewarm. It was warm. <laughs> <laughs> Happy um, days. I'm glad you mentioned the weather because one of the things that's really got to me is the difference is for about a fortnight now, certain newspapers in particular, but uh, not, not purely them, have said there's going to be this massive snow blizzards and we're going to be snowed in and this sort of beast from the east experience and we keep being told all the time now when there's going to be these dramatic weather conditions and they don't 
thumb. I mean, there'd be a thousands of kids disappointed, basically, because they thought there was going to be this snow event, and it's a non-event. I think it's that whole thing. I think it's the Michael Fish effect, isn't it? Every, every one of them scared to get it wrong, so that in the 20 yeah. years, 30 years' time, we'll all be going, oh, you missed that one out. But the, the weather forecast thing's an interesting thing. It's changed, hasn't it? We've got the kind of the graphics, the massive graphics, and then we send the, the weather reporters into the weather. You know, they're standing in the weather to tell us about the weather, especially when it's windy and we go out there. But I quite like it when they go to the these places that are kind of like gardens and everything and, and do that. But um, I'm not sure. Too, well, there's one thing about the weather forecast. I don't really want to know what the weather's going to be like or what it was like 10 years ago, right? I don't need to know that, Andy. I need to know if it's a good drying day, if I can get a wash done and get it out on the, uh, on <laughs> the clothesline. But I don't need to know what it was 10 years ago. They constantly tell you now that this has been, you know, the coldest week, the wettest month on record, and you're always hearing about his- historical thing- events. But this leads me into another beef of mine, which is weather forecasters on the BBC, they used to be quite close close up so you'd see you know their head and shoulders um and you would see the maps now they have to stand by this big screen in full length and you'd be surprised the number of people who'd say to me things like did you see that dress louise Lear was wearing <laughs> or i mean she's a very attractive and a very personable and a very good weather forecaster or did you see thomas schaffernacker's trousers they were really <laughs> tight and somebody else one of the others um his, his his suit trousers are too long and so they're sort of like gathered over his shoes and it's a people notice these they things do. and so it's distracting if they're wearing something just a little bit <laughs> odd or, or or you know off the wall let's say you look at them rather than the weather yep. i find it very distracting this full length of weather forecasters in particular but they're not alone are they no uh the the, uh, the thing that gets me uh, as well is uh they, 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 they wear suits and dresses and everything with their suit but country file when when the boy goes uh, let's get the weather for next week for the farm and the the guys changed into and, and and sometimes a lady they've changed into kind of country and western get rig outs you know to go with the farmers thing so they've got their they've got their sort of tartan yeah. shirt on and their trousers yeah. and probably their boots because it's the farmers it's the, it's the farmers weather so the farmers must sit and go well, if that boy's in a suit i'm not going to listen to him with his weather it's ridiculous quarter past five news they are in a suit for 10 o'clock news, they're in a suit. But then for some reason, and you're right, it must be to appease the farmers, they're in casual gear. I mean, you expect them to suddenly start singing a hoedown. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, um, just, let's just stay with the TV thing, because I, I realised last week, uh, uh, Andy, I was getting dizzy. I was watching the news. I think it was the 1 o'clock news. And I was getting dizzy because the lady that was doing the news, she was here, she was there, she was standing, she was sitting, and, and they were moving around the studio. And I just, I just where is she now? And then she would hand over to the other boy. He was the other side of the studio, and he's got a big screen. When did standing up to tell the news become a thing? I think it might be with the advent of Sky News. And I know Sky News has been with us a long time and I sort of watch it sporadically, but I wonder if it's there because they do have people. No, the presenter doesn't stand up, but they have had people standing by a screen for a long time. But I don't know where the BBC uh, in particular, because I watch ITV News at 10. I like it. I think Tom Bradby's brilliant. And I watch this news. He doesn't stand up, but then you're right. All of a sudden, the lovely Rita Chakrabarty 
yeah. is uh, jumped out of her seat and sort of halfway across the floor with a piece of paper in her hand. They've got these robot cameras that follow them around. I do like it when they go a bit awry, though. I do like it when they're in the wrong, the, the wrong, wrong place. But, but I just would—I'd love to get a news board on and just say, why, why do we need the news stood up? What, what is it? Are we, are we not concentrating enough for you because you're sitting down? Because you're Robert Kendall, Alistair Burnett, remember them? They all sat down behind a oh, desk, Andy. I mean, and Reggie Bosenkett would never have got up. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. see, Ronnie, the, the only thing about this conversation is I'd hate people to think that all we broadcasters do when we retire <laughs> is sit and watch telly. <laughs> well, there is more to my life than watching telly, but I can't think what it is. <laughs> Same here. I can't at all. Uh, the brilliant Catherine Carr, the award-winning Catherine Carr, uh, highlighted something on Facebook, Andy. He did indeed. Uh, she, she, she's a presenter of two or three things on brilliant. Uh, um, Radio 4, particularly the one when she asked people where, where they're going, going, which was is genius. And it's, uh, and, and it's lovely to hear from her, as we do on a regular basis. But she brought up two things this week that she'd been listening to the same program as I had and they were talking about QR codes and um, parking apps. I listened to the whole broadcast, the piece they were doing and I still didn't know what they were talking about. Uh, Catherine would like to know our views. I think she knows what mine are. I've tried the QR codes. You know when you get something and it says you can go, I mean it's like the Sky News, they put the QR but the, um, the actual apps, when you go to the car park you have to plan ahead to see if they take money. Because I went to Wells uh, and I thought, oh, the Wells next to sea. And we got, we actually got a parking space at the, right at the front. And I thought, oh, great. And then went to pay and it didn't take money. It was an app. Now, I thought I had the app, but I didn't have the right app, Andy. So I tried to download the app, uh, but it, I didn't get a strong enough signal. Exactly the same in Hunstanton. I went up to Hunstanton. We didn't have a bit of change near us because it wouldn't take change. And so I had to go back up onto the streets of Hunstanton because I couldn't get the app to upload uh, onto my phone so I could pay for my parking. I have never been to a car park where they want an app. I mean, it does mean that basically I don't go anywhere, but um, when I do, I try to find a car. (laughs) It's very very often about two miles away from where I want to be. I mean, one, uh, it helps if it's free, which is very unusual. But two, it's this app business. I have not got anything on my phone. I could, but I haven't. So I don't know what, I don't know actually, seriously now, what you do. If I got into a car park and it said pay with an app, I would have not the foggiest idea what to do because I've never, ever used one. But they made that point on this program. People think they're okay. They've got a parking app, but they haven't got the right one. Can you pay by a QR code then? Is that what you do? How did... Well, I don't know. Nobody's asking me. I don't know about that. I mean, that's the other thing. I've got that... I have got that app on my phone. And every now and again, I think, let's see how it works. So I hold it against something, press it, and it'll do all the things. Nothing. And you mentioned Sky News. They have this great big one on the screen. What do you do? Go up to the screen and wave it about. I think... I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking about the... <laughs> I, I, I do that as well. I don't, I don't know what you're watching. <laughs> but no, um, the, the last time I used a QR code was uh, during the, the, the pandemic. Remember when you signed into somewhere, it was just to let you, so they could trace you if you'd done the wrong thing uh, or you, you know, you, you'd been in contact. But that was the last time I used a QR And I think you put your photo um, thingy on your phone up to it. And that, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't well, know. I don't. 
And so much does have these things these days, Ronnie. I mean, when we go on holiday and it says, you know, check in with a QR code. I mean, I got no idea what they're talking about. So I try and find a person because I just I just don't know what to do. You are outrageous. Imagine trying to sign. Did you go in and ask for advice? <laughs> did you do that? <laughs> yeah. I, I, we had a, some, I can't remember who it was, a question, messaged me and said, um, have either of you had um, a nightmare on the radio? Is there ever a time when you're on the radio and uh, and something went wrong? And I've had my fair share. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I've had my fair share as well. Um, the one that springs to mind was very early in my career and I would um, just stop being Mr Music and was attached to the sports team on a Saturday afternoon and, and Sean Peel was the producer, the sports producer in those days. And he said, would you like to go and report on a cup tie at Stamford? I went, yeah, brilliant. This is my big breakthrough. So um, it was pre-mobile phone days. And so Stamford were at home in an FA Cup. And what you had to do was file a report, but you needed to get in the queue for the payphone in Stamford Football Club's uh, clubhouse. And they were local reporters, newspaper. And my heart dropped when I saw the bloke in front of me had a pile of 10 pence coins. <laughs> I thought, how long is this going to take? Anyway, I did my intro bit. I did half time. And at the end, at 90 minutes, I couldn't get anywhere near the, the, the press box because it was busy. So I was standing on the edge. The whistle went. I went in and I got first in the queue. So Sean said, what was the score? And I said, um, so I, I told him and I said, you went through all the rigmarole and said, uh, so I finished up two all. And Sean said, is it? Is that it? I said, oh, yes, yes. They've all come off the pitch. Yes, that's it. Two all replay. I said, I'll try and find out when it is. By the time I'd fought my way back out of the pavilion, uh, the, the clubhouse, onto, they were playing. <laughs> and I said to a bloke, what's going on? What's happening? He said, oh, this is the extra time. And, and, and you can imagine how I felt because I was desperate to make it in those days. Went back and, of course, got nowhere near the phone. By the time I rang Sean Peel, I think it was about half past five, 20 to six, and it, he'd known the score from somewhere else. I said, by the way, you know, they played extra time. He said, I know. <laughs> and I thought this fledgling career was over. Well, thankfully it wasn't, but um, I I felt awful because I thought I've made a mess and this is my big moment. So what about you? Loads of different ones, but the one I had, uh, you remember the engineers used to tell us off all the time, stop drinking coffee near the desk when you're operating, don't say. And I was actually pretty good about it. I, kept, I liked a, a, a neat desk. Anyway, I was on air and I took some my coffee and I just put it down to put it down to sit next to where the turntables were. And of course, I caught my jacket and the coffee went all down. And I just started, it was nine o'clock. Andy Wilson was still in the other studio and I just spilt this coffee down. And I think it was either Carol that was producing I me, mean, Carol Carmen. So the coffee and it goes right into the engineer bit, really into that deal. You know, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, what? And then I started to see a wee bit of smoke coming up. Now, in my head, I was thinking, is it all? Is it all live? Is all these wires? Have I touched anything? So I couldn't warn them in the middle studio or in Andy's studio. Look, the smoke coming out the desk. So I'm standing trying to do some kind of semaphore to Andy Wilson, going, "Fire! It's a fire! Fire! Fire!" And he's waving at me, going, "Yeah, good, good." And of mm, course, Ronnie, <laughs> the music's going out. They didn't have a clue. And Carol was taking some calls. I'm going, "Fire!" Fire, fire, fire. So eventually I ran out and I said to, I ran to Wilson, I said, there's a fire. I said, right, all right. And so we swapped studios and he would, but it was just a wee bit of smoke burning there. Ever since that moment, I'd never really went near a desk with uh, with water or coffee or tea. No. And those blessed, no. those blessed engineers 
must have had a hell of a mess to clear up. Uh, so there's a, a tip for uh, anybody who wants to get into radio. Don't drink near a desk. It's a rubbish idea. But I was lucky. I could have got electrified. And, you know, and there were presenters, and I often worked with them, who did have, you know, coffee and water and all the rest yeah. of it lined up. If I had one at all, it was like behind me and to the left, yes. uh, you know, in in, in, the, in one of the studios, uh, past even the old tape machines as it was in those days and the CD machines, way out of the way. But there were others who always just had them handy. Oh, yeah. And I know that uh, Paul in particular, but others as well would come in and say, can you, you know, can you move them? Yeah, because, but, I mean, it's absolutely fatal. Paul the engineer, yeah. uh, Fusey, as we used to call him uh, as yes. well. Don't really go away before I, I tell you about pyjamas, uh, Andy, but um, uh, you were telling me, you're talking about the, the bank situation. Uh, and I, I know that you, being a big investor, uh, and, you know, the Alan Sugar of Ilkley, um, I'm sure you've got your thoughts on that. Well, we moved to Oakley just over nine years ago. And at that time, there were nine banks, all the regular banks, plus the Yorkshire Bank and one or two others um, in, in Ilkley itself, all in lovely buildings on this corner of streets. And we've seen them all one by one go. We've been with the Halifax for some years since uh, since the Cambridge days in Petit Curie there. And so we said, oh, well, at least the Halifax is here and it will do because we're not far from Halifax, etc. But that has just gone. So there is now one bank wow. for the whole of Ilkley where nine years ago there were nine. Now, I say we do um, a tele telephone banking or whatever you call it, uh, online banking. We don't, but Christine does. And so, you know, I'm fine. I was in there the other day just before hours closed and there was a queue of people out of the door and I thought a lot of these people will not know how to do online banking. What do they do now? And I remember all those years ago when I was on mid-morning, I mean, uh, one of the banks closed in Sauston, and everybody was up in arms, and we thought this is terrible closing a bank. Well, now there are virtually no banks in some quite sizable communities. I'm, I'm I really, still want to know what people do. I'm really quite surprised a place like Ilkley. I just thought it would, especially as it's very kind of rural, and you've been talking about the weather. I mean, in Ely, we're quite lucky. We've still got the Lloyds, I think we've still got the Barclays, we've got Santander, we've got Nationwide, we've got the Cambridge Building Society, all, all mainly, uh, mainly in the high street. I think there's something as well, Andy, just about the age thing. I think they're just doing this because uh, they know that the older generation who might have wanted to do proper banking, as we, you and I would call it, uh, they're going to die off. And so the rest of the people will just be all, all online. But, you know, there's something about what we're saying there about you can't use change now. There's something about actual physical cash getting taken away from us. Well, I was hearing, I think, on the money programme the other day that actually cash is making a bit of a comeback. And that, you know, in certain places, because you go into a lot of places now and it says no cash at all, but it said that, you know, more cash was used last year. And there are people who like to just pay. Otherwise, you've got no idea. We went to a function yesterday. It was a, a Christine's um, walking group. and They had their lunch and it was at a, 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 a pub in, in a nearby town. And I mean, I just said, Christine had a medium glass of wine and I had a non-alcoholic bottle of San Miguel. And I, if he'd have said to me in cash what I then found out I paid on my card, I'd have probably said, well, I think I'll have water. Yeah. I mean, it was nine quid. But you see, if, it, if, I'd have, if I'd had to give him cash, I would definitely have wondered, is it worth it? And that's the point. You don't know because they just, you know, pay by card. You, you just tap it, don't you? And away you go. 
And I, I but I, but I think I'm glad that cash is making a bit of a comeback. But I don't know how you get hold of it or how you get rid of it. What if you collect five p coins or twenty p oh, yeah. coins as people used to do? I don't know. We still collect. We have a a, a money piggy uh, where we put the money in for any holidays we go on there. You know, and, and actually, to be fair, whenever Denise is taking the change in, uh, they're pretty good about measuring. She always puts it in the proper bags and everything. But I did have one occasion where they didn't want the change. We brought it in. It was I think it was the boys. They'd saved up for their holidays, and we took the and and, um, and they were not happy that we'd brought this. And it was bagged as well, but they weren't had to. They had to measure it. They had to weigh it and all this kind of thing. And uh, there was people in the queue behind us. They only happy taking change and you think it's still currency it's still money that you're going to get into your bank that's because you used to be able to walk into any bank then of course it became you had to be the customer of the bank and um and as i say and so we used to go to the halifax with our with our coins that we'd save whatever it was then the, i went in the other day just before it closed and she and i said you know i'll have it in cash he said no no i need your bank account number because we're going to pay it straight into your bank account oh. well if you're picking up 25 pound or something that you know you've saved you suddenly got a bit of you know, yes, money nice. in your hand. But no, I he couldn't give it to me. He had to pay it straight into my account. And I, I just think banks are there to provide a service uh, for people. And somehow we've lost the whole uh, the whole direction of things. I mean, Andy, I was delighted Andy, to read it. The, the poor people of Richmond, a lovely town in North Yorkshire, Sunak is their MP. I was delighted to read for, you can understand reasons, that their last bank has closed and the people are up in arms. Because if the Prime Minister's town yes. hasn't got any banks... What hope is there for people? Andy, I love you. You're very naive, though. The idea that that money that you put in is your money. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> it's the bank's money. Andy, I want to talk to you about this. Um, uh, I had a revelation a couple of nights back. It was a bit of a cold night. And many years ago, my wife had got me some Batman pyjama bottoms. And I thought, oh, they look comfortable. And it's going to be a So I put the pyjama bottoms on and a T-shirt. I had the best night's sleep ever, Andy, and I put it down to pyjama bottoms. That, I was as snug as a bug. And now, the last time I wore pyjamas, especially pyjama bottoms, I must have been at six or seven. Up, and then, then it just became your underpants or your shorts or nothing. Andy, I really cannot recommend the joy of pyjamas to you. If you haven't tried the full-length pyjama, Andy, try it today because you will love it. I haven't worn pyjama, long pyjama bottoms for many, many years, but I wear, you know, but these sort of shorts that you can buy that are pyjama shorts, really, and t shirt recently it's been so cold i've not worn the t-shirt but i've worn tops from pajamas that i've had for donkey's years but i'm still in shorts and i i think there's an aversion to pajamas for people of our generation because i don't know about you but it's almost nightmarish when you think of those fairly thick well, they made of flannel or something, yeah, and, they, and they always had a sort of fairly faded red stripe on them, or <laughs> or something like that. And then didn't do; they weren't elasticated. They had a thick pajama cord, and forever coming undone. And I think I think that scarred me for life when it comes to pajama bottoms. <laughs> Well, it probably has. But the thing about the pajamas is, we're never. I, I don't know what it was my size, but even the pajama bottoms I've got now they're too long, right? Because you can't get. And it was the same when I was a wee boy. The pajama bottoms were always too long. But I always remember the little bit at the front 
Uh, you know, so you could do your business. Yeah, yeah. It, it yes. was massive. It was like you know, it was like it was like six inches. You're thinking, what, what, what are we supposed to do this? And of course, if the cord comes loose, everything you stand up to go to the toilet, and your your uh, pajama bottoms are around your backside. Yeah, that's the thing. You see, nowadays they have a little button halfway, perhaps, don't they? Or they have, you know, the aperture is um, <laughs> one that you can adapt. <laughs> You can adapt to your needs, yeah, whereas those ones, there was no buttons, there was no elastication at the top, so you literally had to pull that really thick cord, and you're right, and you'd, not only were they too long, but they are invariably too wide. Um, you know, there was like, you had to, to pull this cord, and then sort of, they were still spare material. And um, <laughs> we, and then, you know, you're right, and then you'd put them on, and then stand up, and not only were they, you know, at the front revealing all, as it were, were, or as much as there was to reveal, but you're right, then they'd slip down at the back. And I think, and I going away to a boarding school as well didn't help me, I don't think, because, you know, um, you, you were always aware of everybody else around you sort of thing. And I think I, I think definitely that's what um, did it for me. It scarred me for life. Well, Andy, I, I might buy you some and send them up and just try them. Um, maybe get your, your favourite cartoon character, Desperate Dan or some, and I'll get you some bottoms to try on because they don't have the gap at the front anymore now, Andy, right? You go over the fence. Right. You go over the fence now. You don't have to go uh, through the gap. So, you know, there's not that kind of issue as well. So it's, 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 it's quite handy. So I will. I, I, I just like. I love to hear from everybody else. I mean, uh, what's the feeling about pajamas? The joy of pajamas. Uh, and I've been missing it for like uh, must be the best part of sixty years. I mean, you might be the wrong person to ask, but do you think it sort of affects your sexual allure? I've never by uh, having large baggy pajama bottoms on. All right, I thought that was a Toyota, uh, Andy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I, it might do. It's just the way. <laughs> It, it's, as long as I don't trip up with the extra length of the bottom, I, I look quite a, quite attractive. That would spoil the allure if you got out of bed and your feet got caught in the box. <laughs> Whoops! I'll be with you in a second. Oh, see you in a bit. I've seen you in a bit. Um, I put up Andy something on there, and I, I was thinking about you with the school teacher hat on. It was um, something to put up tapioca, tapioca, and uh, jam pudding. Uh, it's a school dinner. And I suddenly remembered the triumvirate. There was rice, tapioca and semolina was something that we used to get at school dinners. And to be fair, I never had a problem. I loved it. Do you remember your school dinners? And do you, did you have yes, to eat the school much. dinners when you were a teacher? Yes. I mean, we had in the early days of teaching, we uh, we, we used to have school dinners in the same hall as the, as the kids did. And it was just like turning the clock back the 20 years to when I'd been at school. Never a fan of tapioca, which we call fish uh, frog spawn in Norfolk. I don't know Everybody else did, but Semolina, I would still have it today oh, yeah. um, if, if um, you know, if, if we ever discussed it and it crossed our paths. I mean, it's a long time since I've had it. Semolina, I liked, but tapioca, it just looked a bit odd. I liked uh, when uh, Mrs. Anderson, the uh, school, the primary school the dinner lady, uh, she did everything. She served it and she cooked it, and she would do a rice pudding and the crust on that. I would fight for the crust. Did he have the crust and the rice pudding? Oh, man, oh, man. And it was as creamy as you like. In fact, 
I would love to find out if there's any restaurants that actually do rice pudding because that would be a great pudding to have at a posh restaurant. Mind you, they probably cost about 33 quid, you know, for a spoon and a bit of jam. You're absolutely right. You would never see that, would you, on a menu if it just said rice pudding and brackets and jam. And yet, you know, it's it's, it's hugely acceptable compared to some of the things that you now see in, you know, a brownie or yeah. or some sort of bit of frothy stuff uh, with a leaf on top of it. I mean, you'd far rather have a rice pudding, wouldn't you, with a bit of crust on the outside, and if and if you must have some jam, uh, then have that as well. I mean, that was one of the things about semolina. You'd sort of put the jam in the middle and then try and, you know, yeah. make nice patterns. Well, they do that on coffee now. Yes, they do. <laughs> the other thing as well is, that is you get these puddings, though, you maybe get a cheesecake with something, uh, kind of, some kind of design with the, uh, the the red stuff, the jam or whatever, over it, the, uh, whatever it is, and then they put a mint leaf on it. And you think, what's that? And I, I think it's something to do with it's supposed to make it more attractive. No, the reason I ordered uh, the pudding was I wanted the cheesecake. Uh, right, and I didn't want a mint leaf. I, you know, I didn't look at it and go, oh, I'll tell you what, that's going to taste a lot better because of that mint leaf. You chose it because you fancied it, and the first thing you were going to do was eat it, not look at it and photograph it. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it when people photograph uh, food, though. I, I know that people are, they're, they're, but I love it when people do their dinners, their Sunday dinners, and you see it on their Facebook, and you think, wow, <laughs> that's like 3,000 calories. Get in there. It's fantastic. I think puddings is another thing to talk about at some stage yes. because you, you, there's very little choice now when you go to restaurants. There's usually three things, and one of them is probably ice cream. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing. A filling. I mean, I, I we went to, as I say, this uh, this lunch yesterday uh, for Christine's walking group, and there was all these fancy little things, but there was also um, blackberry and apple crumble. Well, I'm not kidding you. There were about seven or eight blokes because they were late to bringing this in, queuing up with a plate ready for the crumble, <laughs> while. The, the others um, were like going along and picking up dainty little things with leaves and bits oh, of raspberries on the top. Yes, give me but, that. You know, we, we, would you go into a a, a a really decent restaurant these days and see crumble? I no, doubt it. No. Uh, the other thing, yeah, wait, you've got your you've got your crumble, uh, uh, but a wee bit of black forest gato. Let's go back to the seventies, Andy. Black forest gato on the trolley, brought up to the table. What would you like? Of the black forest gato. That's after you've had your uh, steak, and then you had your prawn cocktails as a starter. La, the seventies were. I think that was all that was in the menu. I don't remember anything else other than prawn cocktail, steak, and then uh, uh, you know the black forest gato. They used to say, didn't they? You're just reminding. They say, would you like to look at the sweet trolley? Oh yes, please. And now on would come the sw- sweet trolley with I don't know three or four things on the top shelf and three or four things. Would you like cream? Yes, please. And everything else. I mean. Is there anywhere? And it's a lot. I mean, I don't go out a huge amount, but no, we, we do. Yeah, they wheel the sleep the sweet trolley. Yes. I mean that you just you just want to look at it. Yes, yes. Can I have a one of that, one of them, and one of them. Um, we better go because That's we're right. putting on a bit of weight talking about all this food, and I'm I'm worried about Christine out there defrosting the cars. So Andy, I'm hoping by now she's gone because we've it's been half an hour, so yeah. probably in this time. She's done the work that needs to be done. <laughs> um, I'm just hoping the weather gets better. Andy, we'll watch the weather. And um, I'm going to have that phrase in my head, Thomas Shavanakas trousers. trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, Andy. Thought. Goodbye, <laughs> Andy. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.